right, guys, welcome to I Am Comics Podcast, Episode 9. I am Josh Casper, and with me is... The Bizarre Mumble Jumbo, a.k.a. J.J. Kirby. What up, J.J.? What up, Josh? Yo, man, I want to talk to you about something. Hold on, hold on. First, I want to say something. I think this this episode, I'm going to talk in my lower register. Oh. With a base of your voice and talk a little slower. <laughs> just to see what it sounds like and what it, you know, what it do. And, <laughs> and I wanted to start off by asking you a question. All right. Can you uh, share with us your first comic book experience? What got you into comics and what made you... What is it that made you like, this shit is for me? Well, I, I had, I'd say, like, multiple experiences, like, as a kid and as an adult. Like, as a kid, comics were just a thing that I looked at because I didn't understand how to read them. Right. But I had comics around my house. Right. I had toys, um, TV, you know, okay. all that stuff. Okay. So, as a child, like I said, I just looked at them, I'm like, they're pretty. I didn't know how to read them, but I still looked at the, at the colors. I was like, I, I want to do this. I wanted to learn how to draw, as every kid does, you know? Yeah, it is. Always try to do your Wolverine, you try right. to do whoever. Right. I was I was pretty good at drawing Sailor Moon. I could not draw anybody else, but I could draw Sailor Moon like the a Sailor motherfucker. Sailor Moon was dope. And like, it, was an easy, it was easy enough to do, like the head is just like a square and yeah. then like a little circle, yeah. like a bowl kind yeah. of, and then yeah, yeah, it was easy as hell. But, like, and then um, I've, I've had a lot of comics as a kid, and like I said, dude, I just never... Knew what to do with them, and then you're, you'll probably hate me for this, but I used to just rip out the pages, mm. and I used to Jesus. just like hang them on my wall, Whoa. or I would, yeah, uh. I, didn't, I didn't know. Uh. Okay. <laughs> I was a child, forgive me. No, uh, long as it inspired you, man. Long as it inspired. But I, I had them all over my wall. It was like X Men, Spider Man, yeah, like, like, yeah, like right. stuff that I liked right. because I had the right. toys and everything. Right, right. And then, um, like I've said on this before on here, uh, preacher. It was when I was in high school, buddy of mine. Right. Uh, shout out to Adrian. Nice. He's the one Big who, he's the one who uh, got me reading those motherfuckers again. Nice. He nice. bought those. He bought Transmetropolitan, which was awesome. I bought Goon, which I just, I liked, but then I was like, eh. I ended up giving it to him. I was like, you can keep it, man. Uh. But Preacher, for some reason, he let me borrow like three volumes at a time. Right. Thought I was going to steal them or something. Uh, he was like, <laughs> you can't get the whole kid caboodle side. Right. I was like, man, Slow I, down. I'll take care of him. He's up. But I read them pretty quick. And for the and that was like my first time re, like, introducing, reintroducing myself to a comic. And like actually reading it and looking at it and all that. And, you know, I got confused with the word bubbles. I didn't know that you go left to right or yeah. sometimes right to left, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, depending on manga and com American comics. Yeah, it's so it's kind of hard, but um, I read all three volumes, Preacher, and then I read the next three, and then the next three, and I was like, dude, this fucking got me inspired. Like, I was like, I started writing more. I had more ideas in my head, just floating. Right. And fucking, that's what I want to do. You know, I just want to write. Right. But Preacher was, it taught me that. If you haven't read the story, it's freaking crazy. Uh, like, it's a show now, but... What, Garth Ennis was the writer? Garth, yeah. And, and Steve Dillon, yeah. rest in peace. Rest in peace, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, those guys, and it was fucking amazing art. Full of twists and uh, turns. The story. Consistent artwork. Yeah. Um, it was a long a long story. It had its little um, subplots, but they, they were amazing. Enough, they had enough time to develop the characters and yeah. the story and, and get it out. They had a fan base that was that was catching on to it and caught on to it early and was like, yo, we down with this. Yep. So yeah, go ahead. It was, dude, like that story, like I said, it's amazing. Um, if you've seen the show, it the, it doesn't really do it justice to the comic. It's mm -hmm. because you can't get away with some of the stuff they did on that. 
Shows never do well as um, books in the mind. Well, the comic was pretty extreme, man. Like you had the uh, bloodline, so the bloodline yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Like they had it, but they kept like incest. Yeah. So the they kept it all in, <laughs> all in the family. It was all in the family. So the the Jesus they had was just like a a dude with like just every disease and freaking he neurological so, disorder. Yeah, like, he he was so inbred and so like you know. Retardo. Yeah, it was. But he was the pure bloodline of Jesus. Direct bloodline. Of yeah, Jesus. and you know those guys that were gonna cause the apocalypse, so that Jesus can be the Messiah. But then Jesse ends up becoming their Messiah because Jesse throws out the fat pope of helicopter, lands on the inbred Jesus, wow. and then that's how they make Jesse. They try to get Jesse to be their new Messiah. I remember that. I yeah. remember that. It's stuff like that that I don't think they're gonna put into the show. No, because it goes over the top, and it's uh. And then you got like God is just a golden buff naked man, and um like the devil gets killed. Uh, like I don't want to spoil. Was that Garth but... Ennis or Warren Ellis who wrote that? Uh, who I, wrote let me that? check. It's it's Garth, dude. Okay, okay. So we probably had, it was right there. All right. Yeah, let me let me check real quick, preacher. But yeah, it's it's freaking dude. That story. So that was like one of your. Definitely golden moments of enjoying and getting into comics where like yeah. discovering preacher. Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's like, all right, if I can do this in a comic book and it, I can tell the whole story, it's like, what the hell else can I tell? Mm. Like, mm. It, it let me know that comics are that safe where you can put anything you kind of want in your mind out there and Unlimited you can do Unlimited budget. You yeah. can do what you want with it. Whatever you, as crazy that's as you can, because that story is crazy as that, hell. That's... So it's, Taking a vampire story, you know, talking yeah. about God and faith. You got gods, vampires, uh, preachers, uh, religion, the, the, sex de- the sex detectives are my favorite. Um, her star, the German guy who oh, just has wow. bad luck everywhere. Yeah. Um, dude, the, just a cast the, of characters. The, the dopest scene is when he tells dude to count the sand on the beach. Each yeah, sand, he tells him a million he, strands. He, he, he was like, he 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 told him to count grains, each, a million each, grains, each, yeah. each grain. Uh, on the beach, each grain of sand on the beach, and dude was he went out there and he started counting them because he's he, you have to do whatever uh, the preacher tells you. Yeah. So it's just like he went out there and was counting all the grains, started counting all the grains in the sand of the beach, and at the end of the issue, he, he loses count, <laughs> and you feel his pain <clears throat> when you're like, damn, son. He's, he's counting, but he's crying because he's you see ca- the tears coming up because you know he was. Well, I forgot the reason why he got. Uh, he, did, he did something he was, to Jesse. He, he, either he was racist or he or what well, he did something. No, he was working for her star, the German. Yeah, his assistant, and yeah. he was always just like the bumbling buffoon. Right. And Wasn't he a, like a sheriff or something? No, no, the sheriff was a different guy. I think he tells him to go fuck himself, and he tries to. His son is a uh, R space. Yeah. Because he blows off his head and his fucking they re, they reattach it, but it looks like an ass. Yeah. Like yeah, the show doesn't do R space justice. In no. the comic, it's an actual asshole. In the show, it's kind of like a weird. Like, like I, I get it. Yeah, but see, fuck that. That's why the show is as much as they try to be hard hitting. Yeah. Well, it's the the thing is, not. I think if they could have done it on HBO or, or Showtime or something like that, they could do that. But they're doing it on AMC, which is the same as The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is zombies, so you can get away with more like bashing of bodies. I'm guessing. No, because they're if, dead already. They're zombies, if, so you don't really care, right? If if the story is about zombies, then put zombies in your story. If your story is about other stuff, then tell what the fucking story about the other stuff. Yeah. To me, that's what's necessary. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, 
if they're not representing it right and they're pulling punches, then that's a problem. That story is a fucking beast. And it hits you hard in the face. Left and right. <laughs> Quick as a motherfucker. Yeah. And they don't do it in the TV show? <laughs> nah. Nah, son. I ain't feeling you. <laughs> yeah, they fuck it up, man. But, I mean, it's... That that was that was a story that fucking, like, just got me into it, dude. Like, okay. After, after that, I was just like, alright, I'm fucking on for this ride. And I started reading... Anything I could fucking get my hands on. Right. Um, after that, the first thing I bought on Comixology when I downloaded it, I remember, was The Dark Knight Returns. All four volumes. Or three volumes, right? Three or four. No, it's yeah. four. Yeah. You was getting... I could see the direction you were going into it, it, when you were... I'm not gonna lie. It was 99 cents. like this <laughs> that, this and that. So, yeah. It was It was because I went on it and they had it for 99 cents. It was a sale. So, I was like, all right, I got 99 cents and I'll buy four volumes. I didn't know it no, was 50, 50 uh, pages each. I was like, damn, I'm getting a good chunk for 99 yeah, cents. they hit you up. I read it and I was like, oh, shit. Frank Miller. Uh, I, I got to I gotta fuck God. with this guy. I got to, like... Comic God. It's... I knew about a lot of um, people. Well, not a lot of people, but you always know about the famous guys. Like, Todd McFarlane, I knew has Spawn. I had the Spawn toys. I had everything. The comics I didn't really read, but I did watch the HBO cartoon. I remember that. Okay. I, I had everything, you know. Okay. But okay. It's when I got into comics. Actually, that's when I started looking for the writers. Like I, I'm a more writer guy, so I went to writers, but the art too. But that's how I got like preferences. I was like, all right, I like this guy more because he writes this kind of stuff, and he gets out there crazy, and he goes to Image a lot. I like a lot of people that go to Image because you can always see where their mind is really gonna go and like just to do their fucking crazy shit. This image to, will kind of let them. They get to be a little bit more like a wild stallion. Yeah. I feel that, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so that's why like image, I I, pref I like my DC and my Marvel, but to me image, like I said, I think it's gonna surpass fucking Marvel and DC if they do this shit right. If they introduce more superheroes like they do with Invincible, but not end it, or whatever, I think they can be contenders. Well, <clears throat> I know that you are more into the digital side of comics than the physical side of comics. So what got you more into the digital aspect of comics uh, and got you out of the physical aspect? Is it a matter of space, physically, yeah. not being able to keep your comics in long boxes? Yeah. That right there could be a deciding factor. You yeah, know, yeah. When was true. that? What caused that? Well, it was um, when I started after Preacher, I wanted to get into comics and I just didn't know where to go. I didn't mm -hmm. know what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to read. Mm -hmm. I went to a, like the comic shop around my area and I was just overwhelmed. I was like, ah, oh, I don't know what to do. The guy was cool. Right. Um, you know, right. it's the, was it the comics and stuff in the Chilla Vista Mall? I remember um, that. It's uh, it's been there for a long time. It's still there, man. It, it got bigger now. Really? Yeah. I but I I remember when it was a small little place next to I think the ice cream shop. Yeah. Um, I remember that but too. It was uh, I got like overwhelmed and like I was asking him and it's just like you don't you just don't know because you don't know what you like yet. You're like I, I could check out some superheroes, but True. but I don't True. know. Like, I don't know. Back in the day, comic vendors <coughs> or vendors used to talk about comics. You know more readily yeah. so if somebody came in there would be customers talking with the cashiers and, and vendors about the business and 
latest storylines and stuff. So the fact that somebody was there and was talking with you a little bit about it, yeah, big up. That's some comic shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's but but it's funny because it's like your first time there, so you do feel like this guy is like above you, comic wise. Because you know you always feel that like of course, you that elitism. Know. You're like ah oh, you shit. Have no I'm like idea. is he gonna make fun of me if I ask him for this comic? Like I got you feeling insecure. Yeah, they do. <laughs> They get you feeling insecure, like the minute you walk in that door, that's without why they, even talking to them, you're but like, But that's like on. the comic guy from the Simpsons show. Yeah, it, exactly. You know, that's where they get that, that stereotype that's why they got from. It, yeah. That shit's real. There are people like that. <laughs> Don't trip. Go to Comic-Con. You'll meet them. Yeah, you, but you do yes. you do meet like the cool people, like the ones that just the conversation oh, will happen just quickly and all that. Everybody of all shapes, sizes, colors, and ages love comic books. Yep. Welcome to the world when you get into the world. So okay. Yeah, it's um, but after, like after that, after pressure, I, I, you I left. To like, be like I like to get into digital comics, but I don't know. Well, what no, to it do. wasn't. It wasn't like that. It was just. After I went to the you went back to, to the com- after I went to the comic like shop <laughs> after I went to the comic shop and I was just like overwhelmed I left so I was like I don't know what I'm gonna get and then I just went on my phone I'm like I wonder if they have apps that I can read comics on See, my phone that's that new school shit right there yeah 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 it's <laughs> because because <laughs> I, I I don't know what was like the reasoning but I was just like I just I just want to check it out. Convenience and they had from your couch. Well, yeah, at your fingertips. Well, I just wanted to read free books. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know I had to pay for them yet. Thiefing. Uh-huh. Thief. Hey, Thief. I was like raising that Napster era, man. So <laughs> <laughs> if I could take, I could take. But mm-hmm. um, I just I looked on like the Apple Store, and then like Marvel came out, DC came out, and then this one just called Comicsology came out. I was like, all right, I'll check this out. I went on it, clicked it. And that one, the only reason I got it was because it says it has Marvel and DC and Image and everything. Marvel. That sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Right. So I downloaded it, went on. I was like, all right, this is kind of weird. I it had free issues that they let you get so you can preview the series. So they put that shit out there like drugs. Pretty Your much. Your first taste of crack is yeah. free, but when you come back. I'm charging your ass Pretty and much. you don't know how addictive this shit is. But if you wait long enough, that crack will go on sale for 99 cents Damn. a piece. Thrifty crackheads? Uh-huh. Shit. That's when I feel like the king. <laughs> like I came up. If I can get a whole series at 60 issues for 99 cents each, I'm fucking getting them. Okay. <laughs> even, okay. even though they're digital. Yeah. You know? But yeah, like how you said the digital part was... It is the convenience of you can have a shit ton of comics in your phone. Right. And it's not you, it's not on your phone, it's on their server, and you just download it whenever you want it to your phone. See, I feel that, and I'm down with that, but I must say, I'm old school. Yeah. I like going to my comic shop and my vendors being there so I can talk and support them for being in the community uh, a long time, you know? So the fact that a lot of people are going and buying comics digitally, that's got to be fucking up your local comic shop lady or guy who's just trying to pay the rent and put that shit out there. That's true. I mean, it is, but it's... 
I don't, like I, I try, I still try to go to those comic shops, but I still don't know what to buy physically See, because I have almost all of that on my phone. You tripping? Well, this is the thing: is like I am gonna rebuy Preacher. Like, uh -huh. Of course, I'm gonna rebuy those uh -huh. volumes in physical. Word. Because that's how I read them. Okay. And then I'm gonna get the other one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fucking ass. I keep, I can't stop laughing now. <laughs> But no, it's you're um, probably high. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh. <laughs> okay, back to point. Uh, comicsology. Yeah, it's um the, the good thing about that is it does panel to panel as opposed to page to page like how physical does. Physical, you can see the whole thing, and sometimes it ruins it for me because my eyes wander. I like art. My my mind would just go, Woo, okay, this is nope. all pretty, and it ruins. Oh, okay. It, to me, it ruins the intention of the writer. It, it does if, because you ha you see it all right there. If you do not know how to read a comic book properly, you can spoil the event. Okay, so sometimes you can't. You help are it supposed to read it panel by panel because the writer writes it like that. The artist draws it like that. But being a physical, uh, visual thing. The artist has to draw interesting shots. There's camera and angle and panel layouts and dynamic posing that goes into it and panel breaks yeah. that are needed sometimes to make some shit just pop. Yeah. And it's hard to get that same experience, I'm thinking, yeah. uh, from digital experience. Yeah. But the digital experience does allow you to just get it panel by panel so you can be surprised. And it feels like... Um, a more intense movie or TV show more, because it's all in your head yeah. and it's being fed to you panel by panel and it's like, hmm, what's next? Hmm, what's next? It's, it's like, like your way of getting into it is, you know, the physical and you have it right there. Like my way, like digital, I feel like I get more into the story because it's panel to panel. I really don't know what's going to happen next, even if I try to. Because like mm. sometimes your eyes do wander on a physical copy. If, if you're like you're reading a war issue or you're reading something like just amazing with art, your eyes just gonna be like, oh fuck, I ruined it. Like if Wolverine gets stabbed in the page, it's a big page and you're gonna see it. You're gonna be like, fuck, I just I know. Splash panel, yeah. splash page. So you know it ruins it. But well, I will I will I will say this not to try to cut you off. I know that I just cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it again. I heard that, brother. <laughs> but I think one of the things would be we have to realize what we're going for when we're trying to read a comic book. Yeah. Me, I'm trying to read it for the art. Yeah. And for the story and for the coloring and all that since I am an artist who can do all of that. But you're art first. I'm art first and I'm story second. Yeah. And coloring third, but overall, quality overall. Yeah. You know? So for you being more of a, a writer, uh, writer first, writer first, artist second, artist colorist second, third, colorist Let, letterist third. is like it, Letter, lettering. So, and sometimes it is it's effective, but other times it's like ah, right. God damn. Well, you know, for mine that that's what's the purpose of a book first? So it's like if you're reading a book and you're trying to just take the story, yeah. And you'd be like, I don't really care about this art. It's cool. It's consistent. It's, yeah. Or it's it's passable. 
you know, it looks better than I could do. This, this, and then yeah, with this it. is like the perfect example is, and not to knock on that comic because it's great and I can't even fucking draw or do any of that, but mm-hmm. it's uh, called Wasteland. It's an independent comic. I think it's Omnipress. I'm not sure. But it's it's black and white. Right. The story is freaking cool. Like, it is a pretty cool apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic story and all that. But the beginning art will get you confused sometimes that you don't really know what you're looking at. Like, you know two people are talking, but the way that the pencil is and like the way they color it like uh, just shade it you're like okay this is kind of like nasty does it look but, like an amateur did it or does uh, it look like well th- this is the thing is it's just too artsy kind of kind of like they tried to go too artsy but it made them look like an amateur if that makes well, sense that's early art that's probably what, what, the, ex- the situation where somebody was just getting into their art well that and that's the Chops. thing is for like the first, I think it's 20 first issues. First couple, okay. It, it lasts, and then like, I think around 30, it starts to get a little bit more like heavy-handed, I guess. Like you, you well not, but like you see it darker, you can see a change, right. but it's the same, same artist. artist. Yeah, it's the same artist, but you can An see it. An artist will like, do right. that. An artist will, will be going one direction, Yeah. and all of a sudden, boom, change their style. Yeah. And you can <laughs> see where it used to be, but then again, it's nowhere where it was. Well, that's the fun part, too, is you get to see that evolution. I love that part of comics. It's so cool because it gives a lot of people who do amazing art a chance to be seen and not just in a gallery or because it's some advertisement for a company or yeah. somebody's sketchbook. It's like Marvel, DC, Image, all the independent companies, they get to showcase beautiful talented people like regularly yeah amazing so <coughs> yeah but what, what we're forgetting about like another person that adds to the comic is the cover artist you know well that right there because that sometimes it's the same guy who does the inside of it true. but most of the times it's a different guy true. alex ross perfect example alex ross does a lot of cover art he is rarely amazing. will he do something that in the whole true. comic that is true. and when he does but if he does one oh yeah you better it, pick it's that shit amazing up. Yep. he kills a lot of motherfuckers in the industry uh-huh it's yeah it's like um like, who were we talking about last week? Uh, John Hughes, or what was it? John Byrne? John Byrne, yeah. Like, John Hughes was the freaking movie director guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Byrne. Fucking um, same thing, right? Like, rarely will he do well that thing or inside when, the when, books. When he was doing it, he was a beast. He was killing it. Yeah. Like, books, writing it, drawing it, different, like, Marvel, DC. He was, he, he was... All over the place. Yeah. It made it amazing every time he touched down. Never touched yeah. a character. Uh, so it's not really the same because Alex Ross, though he is capable of drawing amazing covers, drawing amazing interiors, and drawing, ama- writing amazing stories, yep. and developing amazing characters. Like, he, he, every time he blesses the, the, the mic, like, so to speak, always has something fresh to say. Oh, yeah, it's... You know, so, but the fact that he doesn't do an interior, I don't know. You know, it is a risk when you do something. You never know if people will be down with it or not. So if he did his own independent book, I would, I would love if he did his classic take on superheroes that he normally does when he 
collaborates with creatives on on those endeavors, like with his homies at Dynamite Studios. Yeah. So, <clears throat> doing his take on that universe, but just him drawing the interiors, like just just even when he's just laying out the pages. Yeah. It's way more detailed and correct than than like you know your average sucker or or even your like best sucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So even when he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go lay this shit out like pooping. It's amazing. And then you just have somebody color it up, like 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 Alex Sinclair, or I color that stuff up, and I'm like, man, I, that shit, like, I would love to see that. Yeah. Some class. Yeah. He knows what he knows what he's doing. But that's the beauty of being able to go independent. Yeah. And tell your story the way you want to. So you know. Like um, I I said this before, but like I just can't praise this book enough. It is amazing. The Six Gun, Omnipress. Uh, Freaking! It's a western. Not knowing about it, brother. I, I think I said it last last time, but uh, yeah. I'll say it again because, like I said, I love Pick it. Pick it up. It's a western. It's about six guns, and they have demonic powers, mm, or they, good they, they, they don't. They don't know really where Very they're from. Good but premise. the thing is that the guns have always been there, but they haven't been guns forever. In the beginning, I think they were just like um, rock, like axes, kind of like caveman axes, and then they turned into like Templar Primitive. swords. Uh, got a little bit more ornate. They, they turned into the weapons of the time. Guns. That yes. makes sense. So then they turn into guns, and this guy named uh, General Belford Hume, he has the six gun, and the six gun can tell you the past and the future. And um, it can show you shit, and it can also play with your mind. And then the other guns, one, uh, it fires the flames of perdition, how, like how they say it. Another one um, summons its fallen foes as spirits. Another one fires a bullet as a cannon, like a cannonball. Uh, the other one will, if you get shot or die, it'll bring you back to life. It's like Wolverine in a gun. That shit is dope. And uh, you never have to reload the bullets because the bullets are loaded by hate. So, and if you have a lot of hate, you know, it's, <laughs> it reminds me of Chappelle. You have hate in your heart, let it out. Hate, 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 hate. But it's, um, so she ends up, her dad, her stepdad is a preacher or a priest and he is one of the ones that locked away General Hume because he made a deal with the devil to get those guns. It's um it's just very awesome how like you can you can put like the demonic shit in a western and make it freaking amazing. Like you can put the spiritual shit and all that because it does you don't know and it makes sense. Like you have your the of course there's Indians in the story and they go to like um they do this ghost dance. And then they go into like the girl's uh, the girl's mind, which is her stepdad is the one who has the six gun. Her name is Becky Montecliff, and she ends up getting the six gun. So everyone's after her. And then uh, Drake Sinclair, which is the hero, he is the one who ends up protecting her. And he's also like the you know the bad boy with the past. Mm. And he used to work for General Hume and all that, so he knows how to do all that shit. Mm. He's basically the Jack Sparrow of the Western. Wow. So, and it's, but I mean, it's fucking beautifully drawn. Um, it's Bill Crabtree, Colin Bunn, and I always forget the other freaking guy, which is like, makes me so mad. It's all good, son. <clears throat> but yeah, it's, uh, it ran, I think it's 50 issues. Six gun. Yeah, it's the beautiful art. It's, um, yeah, the, the, col the colorist will remind you of FCO. FCO Placia. Yeah, FCO. He's just, he's another artist who's just freaking anytime, man. Big up. Yeah, he gets Big on up. and you're like, whoa. Big up. Oh, it's Bill Hurt. B 
Bill Hurt. Bill Hurt, Colin Bunn, and Mr. Crabtree. And Mr. Crabtree, Bill yeah, Crabtree. Bill Crabtree. If, you, if you don't know who he is, he's been on Invincible as well. He's been their colorist. I think he was the original colorist. Yeah. He was doing Six Gun and I believe Invincible. Because Six Gun took like a while for each issue to come out. Because it's also independent, omnipress, so I don't know how they do their stuff. You know, a lot of independent companies kind of do their long runs different. Uh, the same with Wasteland. It, it wasn't always, I, I didn't always get it month to month. There were some months where I just didn't get one. And then another month where it came out. But you know, you never know the struggle of independent companies. So it's yeah. like Marvel and DC can just, everything comes out next week, next week, next week, you know? Image two. Well, you have to plan ahead, get that shit done and be on a schedule. So yeah. Marvel and DC are used to being on a schedule and getting that shit out. Well, I'm, I'm sure also cause like I, Bro Crabtree was working on the six gun as well as Invincible. Maybe that's why, cause he had other things. You know, you have other jobs you have to do and you got to split time equally true, to get it done. True, And true. I guess you got to finish whatever's closest to the deadline, right? Right. Well, <clears throat> let me tell you about my first comic experience. <laughs> Is that okay? Go for it. I have to say, I'd always been collecting Archie's, Casper the Ghost, uh, Richie Rich, Hot Stuff, all that. Yeah. All those Harvey comics and Archie comics back in the day when I was a kid have to be about about eight. How how did you get the first one? Was it a comic shop or? I used to go down to Seven Eleven. Yeah. And pick them up from the news rack, and so that was what I did. I collected them and I kept them in a big plastic bag, so you know the quality of the spine was horrible. But I make sure I kept all my comics in that bag. Yeah. It was a big one. <laughs> so I was <laughs> into that forever because they were fun, adventurous, kid-friendly books. And I just liked and loved the art. Yeah. Amazing. Then I went to go visit my mom's in the hospital one time she was in the hospital i think i was uh yeah around eight or nine like nine and i wanted to go get a comic book from the gift store yeah and they did not have any archie comics no none, caster, none of the stuff you're used none to. of the books i was used to yeah so all they had was marvel comics Maybe yeah. some DC. I don't remember. I remember <laughs> lots of like serious looking Marvel <coughs> comics and some crossword puzzle yeah. shit. And I was like, I'm bored. Like, damn, I'm stuck. So they had an issue of Power Pack, which was a Marvel comic uh, starring a family of kids who had been blessed with powers from aliens. Alright. And in this issue they were getting away from a character called the Boogeyman, who was like some 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 middle-aged white dude in a, in, a, <laughs> in a jumpsuit, but he was kidnapping kids or something, I remember. Yeah. And they had to use... Uh, the old pedophile story, right? You know, it was like he, he, he was doing his thing, and <laughs> they were trying to, like, you know, be on the case, and they got, you know, they saved the day. Yeah. But I remember also... Uh, loving the artwork, seeing how they drew kids, kids being empowered, but also being like 
drawn in a serious way, yeah. but still having fun. It but a still serious topic. It was it was all these complex things in a comic book that coming from Archie and uh, Casper and Richie Rich. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like anything I've ever experienced. Yeah, very different because it was you were reading more like well with Richie Rich. It was like the richest little kid on the planet. So, you know, there was not that much realism to it, but it was very different as opposed to a superhero, right? Very different uh, as opposed to a superhero. So, being exposed to this superhero world, this, this situation, my eyes opened up to more dynamic artwork. Yeah. Seeing Spider-Man That covers, Marvel style. Seeing that Marvel style. Yeah. Seeing, like, you know, Iron Man, you know, flying. Or, like I said, Spider-Man in his black costume. Seeing, like, uh, these things. When Marvel was still being consistent with the character and the flow of what they're really trying to, like, tell of the story. Yeah. Blew my mind. So, I, I, I just got into it and was like, Wow. And it wasn't anything specifically in the beginning that I was checking for. I just remember I could go over my uh, brother-in-law Ronnie's house, big up Ronnie, and he would let me look at his comic books. Yeah, he would get the, the stack of DCs. I remember I remember seeing Teen Titans drawn by George Perez and written by Mark Wolfman or Marv Wolfman and um, X Men. Uh, Written by Chris Claremont and drawn by John Byrne. Yeah. Back when uh, Colossus, uh, Storms, uh, Cyclops, Shadowcat, you know, the classic X-Men. When, you know, like when they did everything the first time, you know, as a new team was what was popping. I was like, this shit is crazy. Yeah. So for me to go get into a book or to figure out what was up. I remember going into my local comic shop in Dayton, Ohio, which was downtown. Yeah. Me riding the bus down to the Dragon's Lair and going in there and woo, smelling the comic <laughs> shop. Smelled like yeah. books. Loved it. Big rows of comics and long boxes. Yeah. Like the dude at the counter by the door reading his book saying, what's up? You know, not really tripping off of you, but like, yeah, because he's you know he got the job. He's like, hey, I'm in the comics, so I'm reading this too. I just exactly. got to keep an eye on you kids, make sure you don't exactly. shit. Exactly. But I'm gonna read my shit too. Exactly. But so. he, and he always had a friend with him. <laughs> always, always, always. And if you can ask him what you think, like, what do you think is dope? Like, what do you think I should do? Or what's up? But for me, I was. I just enjoy taking my time yeah. going through all of the long boxes of comics, flipping with my finger, get my finger game down. Yeah. You know, like learning how to pull them up, look at the covers, oh, uh, remembering the section that I was pulling from so I don't lose where the or an alphabetical order yeah. of everything, but like checking for, pulling out some and having to go up to the counter, but like, can you open these up for me? I want to check for them because hmm. everybody's poly bagged with a board. Yeah. So it was like before the comic boom, when everything was like, oh, comics are worth money. It was like before that, but right at like right when it was about to happen. Yeah. So it's like for me, I wasn't attracted to too much DC, 
but I did like some of the DC. Like I loved the classic uh, artwork, like like that, like like Superman and and, and Teen Titans yeah. uh, was drawn in. But I was say, like I said, it's all it was a it was a everything else outside of that was a strong, safe, consistent style of art, and not really too much, you know. So all the artists kind of had the same proportions and style to their drawings. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, I'm not really too interested in this shit, you know. Um, but but Marvel comics had different artists. Like that were way different than each other. Yeah. And had characters like the X Men, like back when they were hot. Yeah. Oh God. You know. It yeah. Like, X Men, Spider Man. Um, well, you your Avengers, drawn by your favorite. Drawn by your favorite artist, Jim Lee on X Men. <laughs> you know, uh, that shit was like, oh, yeah. it was like Todd McFarlane on Spider Man. Yeah. <sighs> People Crazy. lost their minds. Like, what? It was Dale Keown on Incredible Hulk. Yeah. It was like Alan Davis on uh, Excalibur. Yeah. Um, it, it like Marvel had some artists that was like, eh, I'm not feeling that too much. Yeah. You know, but they had standout artists that were like, they still do. They still do. Do, do you think they, they have more or less now? Standout artists? Yeah, than what they did before. Mm, um. <laughs> yeah, probably more now. The caliber of art now is just like, it's kind of a standard to be up there. Yeah. You know, but it is when you go up there with the standard and style, like, taste it. Yeah. It's a, it's a matter of taste. Some people are like, I don't like that. It's too cartoony or too, too yeah. sketchy. Or some people be like, that's too, you know, realistic looking or dumb. I ain't done with that. You what know? about with DC? The same question. <laughs> <laughs> You think more or less? Um, DC stepped their game up with all their art choices for their books uh, because they simplify on all the titles. Meaning now in the rebirth. Now in the rebirth. Yeah. Now specifically. Before it was like, no. Most of it wasn't consistent. No. It was all about a gimmick. Yeah. It was about a gimmick. And it was just like like, that. We're talking about, about the 52. Uh, storyline that led into Final Crisis where like Batman died but yeah. he ended up getting shot with the Omega Beams from Darkseid uh, and got displaced in time you know but he shot De- Darkseid with a Omega Bullet yeah. which killed Darkseid supposedly or whatever so it's, it's like it's just like interesting finite stuff to do to characters uh, one with a safe end by pushing it throughout a time and the other one being like, oh, we're going to kill this long-lasting character because we think we got it going on right now yeah. or something. I don't know. It's just, it just like, that's, that's a lot for me. Is that to you the most disappointing, like, arc or ending that you've ever read in a comic? Like, something that just was like, what no. the fuck? Like, you just kind, no. of, kind of made Well, I was, to me, the standout... <laughs> The standout ending to me that was the wackest experience was the end of Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo Crew. That was one of the only DC books that I collected consistently yeah. because it had uh, the car. It was like cartoon animals yeah. with superpowers in okay. their world, and like drawn by was Scott Shaw. Amazing, I think it's written by him too. Big yeah. up, homie. Big up. Love your shit. But um, Captain Carrot was the the leader. 
It had a uh, rubber duck who could stretch. It had pig iron who was like made of uh, iron. <laughs> and and the big strong guy on the group, uh, Purple Iron, yeah. Abracadabra, Alley Cat Abracadabra, who was like a black cat who could do magic, <laughs> Yankee Poodle, she was like, you know, she could shoot stars out one hand that repulsed, like to draw you in, and stripes out the other hand that okay. would like repulse you. And then like, um, who else? That uh, sounds pretty awesome. It's it's amazing story, dude. I loved, they would, they would fight characters like Frogzilla, Frogzilla? Yeah, dude, it was Damn. dope. They had this one character, because this is an animal world, they yeah. had this one character who was a wolf who got who somehow got turned into a human. So, like, it's a, instead of a being a werewolf, he was a were-man. A were-man. Yeah, <laughs> and it was all strong, and they was fighting him, like, in the swamp or some shit That's like that. That's awesome. It was like, um, they had the superheroes of Earth 2, which was, they called themselves Just a Lot of Animals, yeah. which like the JLA. <laughs> yeah. And they were like uh, the animal versions of Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and like okay. Superman was a, a I think you're the squ- Super Squirrel, and like Wonder <laughs> Woman was a rabbit. She, she was like Wonder Rabbit. Okay. And then it was like a, a Green Lantern was a lamb, so like the Green Lamb. Yeah, the Green Lamb. Yeah, like Batman. <laughs> he was uh, was he a bat? No, what was, what was he? Oh, shit, he was in there. Flash, a bat, a bat Flash, would be the, like, the Flash was, thing. I know, but it's like they don't really—they don't go the way you, you expect. Oh, a lot of hey, I forgot what he was, but I got the book on my shelf. Yeah. Actually, brought that shit out. But um, yeah, that was like. Yeah, that, uh, like how long did it run for? It, it ran for. It ran. I, I don't know off the top of the dome. Yeah. But um, it ran for a while. Then it, then it, then uh, it went away for a while, and then when they uh, they brought it back. Yeah. Uh, for that, for like, um, the, I think the new when they did the '52, yeah, new shit, they brought it back for a while uh, with a storyline or whatever, and then it, uh, which was them, basically introducing this animal universe specifically into the DC universe. You know what I mean? Okay. Because before that, DC was like a parallel universes, blah blah blah. Because the first episode of the issue of the of the zoo, amazing Captain Carrot, amazing zoo crew, yeah. was a uh, Superman, because uh, Star what Starro, <laughs> what was it? Starro was fighting Superman, and I want to say somehow Starro teleported Superman to the animal universe, so he can like try. So Superman was there. Since Superman there, and it's like so like since, since Starro is a big starfish, yeah, he fits in this yeah, animal universe yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so he drags Superman over there, thinking maybe he can be defeating easy or something. I think like that, or was accidental. I have to remember, but um, he uh, drug him over there, and that's how he intertwined with the with the animal universe. Yeah. So that lets you know that oh, that shit is, and it's like it's real. It's, it's just a parallel universe, but yeah. it's in the same timeline, you know. But when they were trying to uh, I think at the end of the 52 universe conversion they do like a flashpoint about to go into flashpoint yeah they tried to wrap up a lot of these universes universal stuff so yeah, just the, real quick without real any like quick. whatever so what they did was have uh, one of their characters um, I think it was the, the mayor or something like that or some some GNU or something like that was had a plan and plot to like melt the ice caps and, and um, flood the world and so it was up to the amazing zoo crew to use their powers and everything to load as many animals as they can. So the mayor was the villain. Into, he, he, yeah, it was, it was like the red herring of the fish. <laughs> really? It was, it, he teamed up with this llama. <laughs> he teamed up with a llama or alpaca or something like that. 
who was trying to, who was, it was like, fuck it, we're going to flood the planet yeah. and make our own, like, real estate and shit and fuck everybody else. <laughs> we're going to own everything. You know what I mean? It was kind of crazy. But um, what happened was they were using their powers to turn all the animals onto an ark or big-ass cruise ship. Yeah. So they, get, they couldn't get everybody off the planet, but they got as many as they can. And so they used, uh, I think, Ali Cat Abra, <coughs> Cadabra yeah. used her magics uh, to teleport them to the main DC universe. So at the end of the book, the artwork changed to like more of a serious style to let you know, like, oh, you're in the real world now. Oh, the DC style. Right. And so when they did that, it was uh, the ship came flying out of the sky. Yeah. Zaytana and um, Power Girl caught the ship or something like that, and it landed in the park. Okay. So when they like you know busted open the ship to see what the fuck was going inside, yeah, all these animals came pouring out of the ship. Yeah, and this amazing zoo crew were turned into real looking animals with costumes on. But yeah. but but it's all you know because you can tell like oh that's that's uh. Did they Captain still have Care. their powers though? No powers though. It was, it was like putting animals in costumes. Ah. So it's, it's almost like now they're just regular animals in the DC universe and that universe that they can't. So yeah, they, they, they lived in a place where they were heroes and then they went to a universe where they were just regular animals, animals. Where they were most likely just gonna get killed and eaten. Right. <laughs> you know, so it was like that was to me was one of the most like like deadening situations of yeah. an ending of a series yeah. I was like this is horrible how dare you let that shit go I would love to draw on these characters yeah know? they just killed it they killed like, them whatever. because they're like you know whatever yeah it yeah. was like what the fuck so that you know like but th those books mean that much to me so like my comic experience goes with like that book meaning that to me and having to go from it you know experiencing it yeah. to the end me going back getting back issues and filling up my boxes with them so I can go look at them again and again yeah. is what it's about you know um, like like ElfQuest I remember reading ElfQuest uh, with my mother and my aunt and like we all would just talk about like you know what we read when the issues came yeah. out it was like a soap opera in a, in a book but with elves riding how, how was it that they got into that? Because if you were, it, were they uh, into it before you? It was, I think it was me <laughs> passing it to them okay. and them realizing that it was good. So I would let them read my copies. Yeah. And they would be like, ooh, you know, and be loving it. That's cool. Yeah. And so uh, having that connection with my, my family like that was uh, monumental with ElfQuest. Yeah. ElfQuest going so long and seeing the characters develop like the main characters getting together going through their trials and errors yeah. to realize that they love each other and then like them getting married yeah or or, or coming or coming as a, a union and then uh, having kids and then having those kids grow up to become their own characters okay as adults taking over the roles of the adults yeah, yeah. so it's like it's... this story went that long it go it's still going that long and it's that interesting and intricate yeah you know so like I got into it when Marvel published ElfQuest. Yeah. And then I realized that they were like, you know, when they when they, when Marvel didn't publish them anymore and like they went, you know, back to independent yeah. and was picking it up then. Amazing reading. Amazing consistent artwork. You should definitely give it a shot if you never got experience to it. Yeah. Really dope. But yeah, that was one of my early experiences. And my first loving like 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 Besides, like, you know, like, you know, X-Men and whatnot, yeah. but, like, a book that I had to have, that my comic experience of of uh, reading Excalibur 
the first yeah. premiere issue of Excalibur, uh, published by Marvel, dr- drawn by um, Alan Davis, uh, inked by Paul Neary, uh, written by Chris Claremont, later taken over by, by, by Alan Davis on the writing and was All just right. that amazing still and even better. It was just, it was, it was just amazing. Never runs over, right? Like it, it, no just, it just, it just, when he took over, when he took over, yeah. it just, just, it was like, woo, yeah. the ride just keeps on going. Whenever he left it, it, it was like, yeah, you lose me, <laughs> you know? But then he comes back and it's just, it picks right up where you left off. Like, yo, what the fuck? Love yeah. it. So like, uh, they did a premiere, a premium copy of uh, the number one book or issue zero. If you ever get a copy of it or can find one, get it. Yeah. Beautiful artwork, amazing story. It happened right after Fall of the Mutants when the X-Men were supposedly killed. Okay. And, you know, so everybody in the world thought the X-Men were dead. Yeah. Um, and so Kitty and Nightcrawler on Moore Island trying to heal from fighting some past battle was like, damn, there's, they're not around. Yeah. How do we keep with the legacy and keep the tradition going? And at the time, they were out in, in Scotland. And so they were... Uh, with, uh, is it, what's her name, Moira? Moira, Mata- is- Moira Mataggart. Yeah. And so uh, they were out there healing. And then they had to uh, go through an adventure to experience uh, uh, meeting up with Megan, who had the ability to change her body and shape. Yeah. Uh, she was of the fairy folk, but she was like a mutant of the fairy folk. I thought she could be, you know, okay. one of the mutant books yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But she was dating in, in, in Captain Britain, who's uh-huh. like the English version of Superman. What's uh, Brad? Brad, Brad? Brian Braddock. Brian, yeah, Brian Braddock. Brian Braddock, which is the brother, brother of Psylocke. Yeah. And and her, so, her real name is uh, Elizabeth Braddock. Yeah, Elizabeth. And like, uh, they were twins. And then they have another brother, too. Jamie Maddock. Yeah. Braddock. He uh, can, he has the ability to pull on the strings of reality yeah. and, and fuck with, with he's in the reality. tower, right? The, the core, because the Britain core, like they have the Captain Britain has like a core that, that he has like a, a well, tower. He, he, and like they were there. You find out that Captain Britain is a member of a, the Captain Britain core, yeah. which is like a police force, interdimensional police force um, gathered together by Merlin, the magician. Yeah. For his own purposes and stuff. But they are supposed to guard the multiverse. They, uh, they have doors and doors of just fucking other universes. Well, there's a deep story that was well, an interesting story. Like the whole, when you read Excalibur, they talk about all of that. Even the origin of the Phoenix Force. And all where right. it comes from and why it's here. And, and yeah. like, you know, fucking with our plane of existence. But um, Excalibur was uh, the situation where you get Nightcrawler, Shadowcat, uh, Captain Britain, Megan, and okay. Phoenix... Uh, which is Rachel Summers, who was the future version, future daughter of Jean Grey and Scott Summers, yeah. who came back in the past uh, to try to prevent her fucked up future. <laughs> but she came back and she realized that her future, she's still trying to prevent it. Yeah. But what's she going to do while she's here? So she hooked up with a uh, Nightcrawler and everybody else and reformed and made Excalibur. And that book took place in England. Okay. So like, in England, they were dealing with the shit and like, the characters, the, the plot lines, the subplot, yeah, uh, delicious. <laughs> it was amazing. It was an experience that I like. I had to rush back to the store 
to be like, what's up with Excalibur? You got that yeah. shit? It broke my heart when a different artist was drawing that shit. Yeah. It broke my heart when uh, he, when Alan Davis left the shit for a break or whatever. He just like, I'm done for a bit. Yeah. It broke my heart. I, I tried to collect a couple issues and was like, this ain't what it do. Yeah, and like, I, oh, I can't do this. So I put, I, I couldn't buy them. And then when he came back, I, did, I, I danced the jig. That shit was amazing. <laughs> I, I, I did cartwheels. I, I was so fucking happy because it was like my favorite thing has come back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Comics has become like my favorite thing now. I've yeah, got these experiences. And so it's like I experienced the situation where one of my favorite comics, teams, duos, like like consistent, you know, yeah. like go-tos has come back. Like yeah, The we, Rock, we, like we, The Rock, finally coming back. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was dope. And so, for me, it was like, this is this is, this is is comics. Yeah. You know? So, after that, it became, you know, I knew what I liked, the stories that I liked. I liked yeah, fun yeah. comics. I, li- I didn't like regular blase comics. I didn't like it too deep. I didn't like it too spacey. Yeah. I didn't like it too independent and wild. I just, I wanted, like fun superhero comics so that's what established what i liked in comics like early and consistently after that so if if it's any independent comics if i didn't get into them um if i did get into them i got into them later like um bone jeff smith on bone when it was coming out i didn't know what the it looked like some cartoony shit. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it i've seen it yeah if you don't know what's up with it you just be like eh you know it, at the time, it was like I saw the covers. I saw uh, the art. I saw, I saw them coming it out. It looks very childish. Like it looked like kitty books. Yeah, like a kid book. But the story is so fucking dope. The fucking writing, the story is so like serious. The art is so serious. Yeah. Everything was so serious. And like when it, it's like a roller coaster ride. When it's the first hill, it takes you. You'd be like, woo! <laughs> it takes you. That's like a. Uh, you have these, you have these brothers. It's like these three characters. They're, they're this race of characters called Bones. They yeah. call Bone characters, or they're called Bones. Yeah. And big, they're like very cartoony. So you have Phone Bone, <laughs> you have a uh, Phony Bone, Crazy Bone, and you have a uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> and the rest name? of the Bone Thugs. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like uh, Phony th- uh, uh, Smiley Bone. So it's like Smiley Bone was the like you know the goofy one, uh, innocent one, and then it was just like Phony Bone was the one who was like all rich and ambitious and greedy, like yeah. Scrooge McDuck, and Phone Bone was like you know like the regular you know like like the Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like running across the desert and got you know chased out of their hometown and then separated by a, a swarm of locusts <laughs> that that got them tripped up and they fell over the side of a cliff and landed in this valley. That yeah. was like very lush and nowhere near where they were from. Yeah. And they were all separated. Damn. So like Phone Bone was trying to be like, what the fuck? How do I find my cousins and what's going on? Da, da, da. Yeah. And then like um, Phony Bone was doing his thing, coming across the, the natives in the village and shit and making deals and hustling them because they use livestock. And he was like, I ain't got no fucking money. Yeah. He's like, we use eggs and we use fucking poultry and shit. And he was like, oh, y'all, y'all trade fish and y'all trade food <laughs> and he became the hustler with that shit and then phone bone was the one trying to like find his cousins but survive in the winter yeah. and this motherfucker had to like use you know talk to the animals that are locally telling them you need to survive here and survive that and be careful because winter comes really fucking quick that's like three little pigs pretty much kind of but it, yeah but it's just like the way it's like 
this lets you know the seriousness of the story, yeah. the heart of the story, and how funny and quick it can go. Because the pop, Mrs. Possum tells him the winter winter comes really quick around here. Yeah. And it's like he's like, okay, I'll get prepared or whatever. And then like the next page or whatever, fucking uh, a big a layer of snow just whoop, hits the ground, covers him up and everything. <laughs> like winter came really quick. And so yeah. Then, so it's like it's like you have, then the next page is he's like you know adapted. Had like you know some gloves and, yeah. and scarf and shit. You know he got from Mrs. Possum and he had a little a little like you know hut he's he's made where he lives in now. So he can survive and try to find his cousins. Yeah. But every it's like the story evolves where all of them are trying to find each other. Uh, they they do find each other. Uh, they get used to where they're at. They decide if they're gonna stay or not or how to get home. Yeah. Um, dealing with all the shenanigans, uh, phony bone and betting everybody up in there. And then it's like the story takes a twist when you find out that uh, Thorn, which is one of the the humans that Phone Bone met and fell in love with to help him survive over the harsh winter. Yeah, she's a she's special, you know what I mean? And that and that she's attached to the special heritage and all this other stuff. Yeah. And so with all that, you're like, what the fuck? You know, it's like it just takes a whole other turn. So it turns into like Latin and jazz. <laughs> it, but it, it 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 takes it there, but it's like it's as you think it should, and you want it to be, where it becomes yeah. almost like interracial species, yeah. having having romances or something. It's kind of like an elephant nun, like elephant right. nun is a genetically, but it's but it's not like, that, right, yeah. right. But it's not that. It's it's that, and it's not that. It's it takes it takes crazy turn. It's like it'd be perfect as a movie for like Disney doing it. Yeah, it would be dope. But if and he was in talks to do it, and it'd have been so amazing uh, to do it as a it TV didn't show. Happen. Hopefully one day someone will come back to doing it. Damn. You know? But that was... Those would have to be, like, my tip throughs and out of the comic yeah. experience of, like, first loving comics, getting into it, what they mean, how they how they feel to me. Yeah. You know? Um, let, a, let alone once I realized that there are artists who drew this, you know, and I'm like, oh, let me follow this artist as opposed to following the title or, yeah. the, or just Batman. It, it was like that's that's how i was able to get into different artists was and that's how i that would that's what helped me discover new shit was because i followed that guy the artist you know the writer either colorist or whatever and they also did other stuff you know yeah. i thought like i remember when i was a kid i thought that an artist was just like when you did a comic book that you got all the money for it and that you were like you had that job forever and you were like hell yeah dude like i'm gonna do this until i die until i'm done with it nope. and then i'll move on to something else if i want or i'll do yeah. this like, i thought all that shit, you know and then grew up and you realized no no yeah like, no. fuck you can't do any of that you're lucky if you could do one right it's, <laughs> it's kind of like that like i said when you have a book <laughs> that you're, do, you're putting out and you're doing it consistent and you have yeah. a solid fan base that loves what you're doing you can do that yeah. and it's like like Robert Kirkman on Invincible, he can be putting that out and 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 put out Walking Dead and be good. Yeah, because people buy it. Well, they're he's one of the head like main dudes now, and because he's because of need, Walking Dead. It's like Jeff Jones is like that for DC Comics. Yeah. He's, Robert Kirkman is like that for, for um, Image. Image. Yeah. You know, everybody needs their like go-to guy. Like this is the cat who's he needs to be the word. Yeah, you know, he it's, just well that the cool thing too is with uh, Jeff. Fucking, uh, Jones? They, Jeff Jones, they put him in um, in charge of the movies, the DC movies now. About damn time. 
So they took. Uh, they needed somebody. They took a couple people away. They, and they, consult, him in. they consult him anyway. Yeah, might they, as well give him the job, right? Might as well give him the job and be like, you know what, son? Because that's what Marvel was doing. Marvel that's gave. They, that's what Marvel did. Uh, they gave the job to actual artists and shit, and writers, actual like you guys. People like do you this shit, and it works. Handle that. DC was like, you know what? Maybe we should do that. All right, but this is my debate, uh, or people have debated me about this, but I think DC has always just done better in the animated. Than they have in yes, real, they in have. The real because, life, and Mar- Marvel's animated movies are like whatever. DC animated movies are pretty freaking awesome, man. The thing for me about Marvel animated movies is that, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and they and it's like it feels it's like they be trying, they try, they be, but, but they then be it's trying. Like, no. But but I will say when they hooked up with Madhouse and put out their episodes of the X Men, yeah. Iron Man, Blade, and um, what was another one? Ugh. Was one more they put out like new recent ones or the one in the nineties? Because the one in the nineties was all about X Men and Spider Man. Remember that on Channel? No, well, well, no, no, well, no, 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 no. When I grew I'm, up I'm, here, you probably haven't seen these. Then yeah. Madhouse is a, Jap- is a Japanese animation studio house, okay. and so Marvel went to them and teamed up with them to do uh, their take. Yeah. Oh, Wolverine. Their take on their characters. So a Japanese anime style okay. versions of, of these of X of the X Men. Yeah. Iron Man, Wolverine, and Blade. Yeah. And they all are in the same universe. But it's just like they're drawing each in a unique like An anime? Know, anime style. Okay. And so like they they each got like uh Was that is that recent or is that like uh, I like wanna say ago? that came out in ooh, 2010? Okay. Two thousand twelve maybe? It's like they came out a while ago, but it's like they came, when they dropped, they yeah. dropped. It was like bloop and that shit was dope. If you haven't seen it, I have them on the rack. Yeah. I can let you check for them and shit. Cause like, dude, dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, if, if Marvel would have kept with that, they'd be kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, I even like when well, they did the Fantastic Four cartoon. That. Not a lot of people would have liked that animated style. Because some people just want a certain style, and they're like, you know, some, what? I want so that. So many people like the, the X Men yeah. drawn with you know, but, back in the days. But then as well, um, the cool thing is what, what DC did is they let um, I forget his name. I think it's Jiro something, but he made a manga of Batman. DC let him do that. Like they, he made a, a manga Batman, and it's pretty awesome. It's drawn that way, like manga style, right? And like anime style, like that, right? And I think it's like three volumes. I don't know, dude. Manga's like they that's forever. No, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It probably did. I think I, I think I remember seeing. I don't remember what you're talking about about yeah, yeah. a Japanese version of Batman coming through, and you know being really different. And DC being like, yeah, that shit is dope right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it DC doesn't usually take. Big risk and chances, but then again, they do in their own way. Would you be um, like down with, say, if if they just took the Justice League and turned it into an anime style, or like a head? That um, shit would be dope. Like they almost do right now when they do the, uh, the whoever does the I forgot the guy's name who does the designs for their animated movies. Yeah. Um, I think it's Phil Bar- Barisa or something like that. Yeah. But his style is reminiscent of like. Anime quality, yeah. Americanized, uh, influenced, and just dope. So it's like they already have the perfect style for what they do when he does the designs for them. Amazing. He was on um, Legends of Korra. Okay. Amazing stuff. It's like um, Joaquin DeSantos and him on anything animated. Yeah. Dope. You know, big up. 
That's why they need DC needs like a manga department where all they do is like manga versions of already existing stuff, like the manga Justice League, uh, manga Superman. Would you be fucking opposed to a manga Superman? Well, I just want quality stuff and a consistent yeah. basis. So if they were doing it and it wasn't like just they, they a gave gimmick, it to a Japanese artist or some somebody who actually loves it, but is in if a, the a story manga form. was if the story was dope, yeah. like the writing that they do for Superman and his son now, yeah, then yeah, you. If it was dope, I'd be like that shit is dope. Yeah. If it was uh, drawn in a style that was like you know fresh, yeah, yeah, I would. But if it's drawn in a style that's just like safe and corny or like yeah, like, just just for the gimmick of it, like, just whatever. for the gimmick of yeah. it, I'm not I'm not down with that. Well, you know, what about you guys? Would any of you guys be opposed to? Any manga style comics or any other stuff like that or any more um, anime from Marvel or DC, let us know. Comment us. Um, this is it. The end of I Am Comics Podcast, Episode 9. I am Josh Casper. This is... This is the Bizarre Mumbo Jumbo JJ Kirby talking in his lower register and a little bit slower. At certain times, it reminds me of Bill Cosby. And I'm just oh, hoping you're Bill saying, Cosby. Oh, the pudding and Open the pudding pops and the, the whatnots <laughs> and so forth. Do you want a roofie in your jello? Fuck you, bitches. <laughs> I didn't do it. He didn't. Bill, he, Bill right, Cosby. We're not saying he did anything. Yeah, I didn't do it. <laughs> he did pudding. You, you knew it was a roofie, bitch. You said you wanted something for your head. <laughs> I said, me too. <laughs> Don't get headaches. In front of Bill Cosby. Ah, that's the lesson funny. here today. Okay, so you can find us um, mm, on Instagram, mm. Facebook, Twitter, under I Am Comics, I Am Comics Podcast. Um, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, you and Google Play Music. All right, guys, read on. ITunes. Sing to them, JJ. Yeah. <laughs>